0: Let's get ready to nibble and chew upon this remarkable banquet because this is Bill's Big Bag of Onions. 100 word stories written and performed exclusively for the show and then dispersed with resplendently remarkable music. So sit back and kick off your shoes and allow your soul to be infused by our unique and innovative storytelling because this is Bill's Big Bag of Onions.
1: diary i wish to make a complaint i wrote to you on the 13th of february 1977 and still haven't had a reply after nearly 47 years i'm now beginning to wonder whether you ever will your lack of response shows poor support for my stated ambitions a bit of encouragement or some practical advice would have made a huge difference I blame you, Diary, for the fact that I'm not a millionaire, haven't scored a century for England, and didn't marry Bridget Bardot. Yours, frustrated of Colchester. P.S. You haven't told me how to get rid of these zits, either.
0: I'll go for a run haven't done that for a while getting a bit flabby need to tone up from now on i'll cut out the fast food that'll help not drink so much only eat healthy stuff like veg and maybe buy some lentils or whatever yeah from now on i'm turning over a new leaf don't want to be 25 and fat <sighs> mind you it looks like rain and i've got a couple of leftover burgers in the fridge Better eat them, it's a waste otherwise. No beer, though. Well, maybe one. See what's on TV.
1: through the darkness. An isolated house, no alarm system, just a window latch, and he was in. His first break-in. He moved through rooms. He could take his time. They were away for a week. The master bedroom, a four-poster bed, and he lay down and closed his eyes for a moment. He woke up in the cold light of dawn, thirsty and a cat meowing downstairs. He went to the kitchen, made a cup of tea, fed the cat and left. Next time, next house, he would stay awake and maybe steal something.
0: was okay i suppose big sales in zara and mango holiday inn did nice fish and chips for a tenner but mcdonald's didn't even serve a proper cuppa how was yours new year sales were crap i wanted to get a winter coat and some leggings but it was all summer gear you know it's july there now no proper english food or tea i forgot to pack any pg tips the men weren't much cop either same tiny and wimpy let's go and scan the Colchester cells then we can check out the blokes in Attic
1: John and Benny were working as English teachers in Spain they had driven out in Benny's old banger Fresh from university, they enjoyed the beach life, tapas, and flamenco. Though poorly paid, they could afford the menu del día at lunchtime in restaurants. One day, after they'd finished eating, downing a brandy-filled coffee, John nudged Benny, Let's do a runner. Surreptitiously, the waiter not looking, they got up and scarped By the car, Benny panted, Got the keys? No, no, you've got them! Poe-faced they returned to the restaurant. The waiter stood outside, keys in one hand, the bill in the other.
0: A single delumptious pastry torpedo sat wanting on the china plate. It had clearly been waiting for Freddy to gobble it up. The thought of the chocolate filling within the squishous shoe shell provoked a sweet revenge, for this was Mr. Thwat's eclair, ready in his office for his after class treat. Too many times this rotsome bully had struck Freddy's head for failing to identify capital cities in imaginary countries such as Eclairistan, Ausgangland, and Tibia. And Mr. Thwat was a fat, overpowering teacher with the intelligence of a gnat, a very stupid one at that. Would someone take offense? Roald paused.
1: nightclub, raucous crowds, banging music, fun darts games. Game three looks simple. Aim for one. Points if you hit it, two points for a double, three for a treble. My first set, disappointing. I miss everything. The next set, treble one, first dart. Two, my teammates shout, demanding a second. Two. I aim. Throw. Another treble. The crowd go wild. Two consecutive trebles. Two! They celebrate. Two! I blank out the noise. Aim. It's in! Three treble ones! What a guy! I turn to acknowledge my teammates. Two, you pillock! You were supposed to aim for the two!
0: Born to rule a kingdom between the lower world and Elysian, Astria donned her silken armor woven by midnight magic, called for Nala her horse of war. In the time of her grand sire, the Moron had emerged through the fault from the lower world to seize the riches of her land. After years of war, the fault had been sealed by the Wiccan Merkel with spells and the blood of innocents. Today, the fault once more spewed forth the terrors of the lower world, dark creatures of malice, greed, and violence. This was the war to end all wars.
1: Gerald Sat, his last action of 25th April 1987, and he's not moved since. When I read my diary now, I'm troubled. For years I woke to toilet, to wash, feed, talk to, and placate him, while he sat in that chair. He moved not and no medical or psychological reason was found. Then, after a decade of my servitude of maintenance, he died, still sitting. Since then, I've rarely been home. Sintra, Lagos, Yogyakarta, special friends, wonderful experiences, a rich new life. I'm happy, but I'm troubled. My sister has found the epoxy resin. I'd glued him to the chair.
0: said it ten times this evening. a caricature of the unique individual I am stared at me in the mirror and mouthed stop saying I'm fine it's a snooze button that stops you getting where you want to be I jabbed an accusatory finger at my reflection it's not easy it jabbed back no it isn't not easy but simple here's the resolution you need act on every good impulse within five seconds don't snooze get out of bed get going do the walk write the page tell the truth to whomever needs to know you are not fine
1: Jazz roared to cover the sound of contraband alcohol being passed around. Hidden doors and lookouts kept the firewater out of the hands of coppers. The inconspicuous trade of liquor kept the economy flowing, though crime lords ruled the booze-laden underground, lining the pockets of barkeeps and corrupt police alike. The tap of typewriters in Chicago left streets stained with wine and blood akin in their crimson hue. Al Capone, the lord of the prohibition, turned the roaring twenties into his personal performance, leaving his calling card in barkeep's pockets. He composed a symphony from a raucous rallentando.
0: the music pounded through the wall there was a crowd in again and grace hadn't been invited again she might be 80 but she could still dance like a teenager and the generation gap never bothered them when they were catching milk or sugar from her the following afternoon grace popped next door and they both looked terribly ill you poor dears she cooed let me make you a lovely hot chocolate drink Grace went into the kitchen, warmed the milk, added the chocolate laxative and returned with the drinks, saying, This will buck you up, my lovelies. You're listening to Cone Radio. 106.6 FM and this is Bill's big bag of onions
1: She only came in the dead of winter when the nights were long and the rain lashed hard against the window panes Thomas lived alone and often wrote long into the night Sometimes it was just a feeling, a sense that she was there. Or sometimes he fancied that he heard her voice against the wind which blew through the eaves of the old house. Only once had he seen her, dressed in her Edwardian splendour. For an instant she had stood before him, and then he blinked. And she was gone, like the wind, in the cold, dark night.
0: She closed her eyes and began to drift off. Her mind whirred to the email from her manager. It doesn't make sense, she told him mentally. The admin staff can't give my presentations. They couldn't answer questions. You're only demanding them to micromanage me. You power freak. The harassment is wearing me down and it's detrimental to my work. You should support me. His voice boomed. You haven't prepared them, have you? Get out of my head. You called me in thinking so loud. My office tomorrow at nine with printouts. You can explain them to all of us.
1: We took 150 unruly Colchester school children to church today to sing carols. Covid forced us outside, of course, in the rain. The speaker system I took didn't work, no matter how hard I kicked it, so I had to lead the singing from the front, with no music. It was like a really bad sober karaoke. I even added all the instrumentals. At the end, I approached the Reverend Wendy with some trepidation. She gripped my sodden hand and smiled sweetly. "'Never mind, dear,' she said. "'The first Christmas was something of a disaster. "'Your performance suited the occasion perfectly.'
0: And stood on the grassy knoll. Every detail had been checked. He had spoken to no one. No one knew he was here. No one must ever know. He looked up at the depository to see if the window was open. It was. The motorcade turned the corner. The smiling faces of the president and his wife approached. Closer. Closer. Now the motorcade continued on, the crowd slowly started to disperse. As the historian wandered back to his time machine, he wondered what he had done wrong. How would he explain this to his wife? If he still had one, that is.
1: His efforts to discuss the topic with me were a travesty and I'd finally fallen silent. he distorted my stance to make it easier to attack. He'd suggested my nationality invalidated my point of view. He'd cited the number of people who agreed with him. His argument's premise assumed the truth of his conclusion instead of supporting it he'd actually used the expression Slippery Slope, twice! We arrived and I got out of the taxi. I watched him drive away. It was infuriating to think he was getting away with that kind of thing with his passengers day after day.
0: when people don't pronounce their words properly. I mean, who do they think they are? I was schooled to believe that it's the Queen's English, not yours or mine. Though it's the King's English now. And Charlie is an angel. Give respect to each syllable. That was my dad's favourite saying. Sadly, following a short infection with split infinitives, he was found choked to death on an abnormally virulent glottal stop. Abandon all ums, no more ers. Give up all the likes. Avoid stooping or drooping your vowels and phonetics. It's time to articulate in it.
1: In the supermarket, tills bleeping, bright lights casting compass shadows. He is overlooked in the queue. A woman slips through his stance and crashes her basket on the counter. He stands, solitary amidst the bustle, loaf of bread in hand, waiting to be noticed. It was his turn. At home, curtains drawn, bed rumpled from fifty unwashed sleeps, the dough of his dream rises a king. He imprisons the thoughtless, and weaves them a basket of shadows. He strides among the prostrate, blesses them with rainbows caught in oil stains, and is lit in the dark.
0: with ginger-cherry reduction, your favourite. Kurt's eyes slid left yet again. Would you stop that? Stop what, dear? That ridiculous peek-a-boo you're doing with the waitress, you ass. Kurt wiped his mouth, grinned. 2008, our 15th anniversary. You didn't stop. Stop what? Bring out the dessert! An older man lying on his back was wheeled out in a cart of crushed ice and fluffed sweet cream. He waved. Here he is, your favourite. I paid for his flight and hotel. Go on, dig in. Eat as much as you'd like. It's our anniversary after all.
1: brought me to that age when I stare into the mirror in wonder each morning only to see my grandfather staring back at me equally perplexed what happened to the flowing dark locks and apple cheeks of yesteryear I wake each day in the fervent hope that pallid has become the new in color it never is and then I remind myself each crevice is a cherished memory, and every grey hair was earned on the battlefield of life. Would I swap those memories and experiences for the face and figure of my youth? Not on your life.
0: The letter on the kitchen table. I already knew. I looked out at the garden where my children had grown up. The memories would survive. Two days later I was on a road trip. My own childhood homes. 1967. The cottage in Todmorden. Gone. Now a wholesaler's car park. The terraced house in Oldham. Gone. Bigger, nicer homes now. The block of flats in Manchester. Condemned. Gone. Shopping precinct. Anonymous the masonette on Stockport's Ring Road, gone, an amnesic junkyard for once-cherished cars. The trip hadn't helped. I sat in my kitchen. The letter opened. Final decision. Eminent domain. Eviction. Demolition. The bypass.
1: Here in Indonesia, they prevent foreigners from owning land. It's understandable. Opening the doors to foreigners would irreparably change the dynamics of their property market. The restrictions keep the domestic market more affordable to the country's own citizens. It makes sense. If Indonesia ever opened up to foreign ownership of land and buildings, prices would quickly head for the stratosphere to hell with that, I thought. I got a local man to buy land for me in his name. He seemed trustworthy enough, but I told him I'd kill him and his whole family if ever he tried to diddle me.
0: to lift home the goddess from accounts shivers as she fastens her seatbelt. a short detour I say pulling onto the coast road we stop at the highest point the sea glimmers purple and orange under the setting Sun Lorraine I've loved you for years I want to be with you forever will you she stares wide-eyed at the ring still shivering although the car is warm don't know. I mean, I hardly know you. Please, I need an answer. Sorry, it's no, then. Oh, well, see you upstairs, I say, and drive over the cliff.
1: I stumbled across this advert in our local newspaper this week. For Sale, author, only partly used, has written one small book, some very short stories, and some stuff he calls poetry. Comes with his own fancy pen, 11 ink cartridges, and 6 months' supply of paper. Genuine reason for sale, will consider exchanging for a plumbing or DIY enthusiast. I thought this was quite amusing, until I spotted that the contact number was my wife's mobile. And to make matters worse, I have been following her every move for the past three days, and the damn thing hasn't rung once. You are listening to Bill's Big Bag of Only Onions. Anxiety's harbinger unsettled the curling leaves as steely sentinels struggled through swelling thickets of grief. Optimism's pigeons flew home despite ruffled weather their urgent, unintended messages, tethered like petals above the receding millennium, fresh in its shallow grave. But the sentinels wandered into a clearing of swollen thickness, and anxious weather curled in, ruffling the steely leaves, suddenly pointing to both past and future, Both graves undug and graves unloved, now forgotten, untended, receding into the shallow soil with no urgency and no gimmicks, aside from the dutiful clutches of millennial paddles, as if conjuring up fresh and unintended memories.
0: Labrador had been sent outside to the freezing cold doghouse again. It usually happened when the dinner was chicken. As always, he was utterly innocent and very upset, and he could see them in their dining room enjoying their dinner without him, or what remained of it, anyway. Two missing chicken legs today, and he hadn't had the merest whiff of it. They always blamed him, never suspecting Corky, their adorable, perfect little family cat who had been grinning at him through the window before settling down on his favourite cushion to sleep off his heavy lunch.
1: Pretty sure that I was born upside down. My nose is always running and my feet smell. Also, I was born with a broken arm. My father told me I was hanging on till after the wedding. It's birth traumas like this and the nine months that go before them that create the human being that we are destined to become. And all the nurturing, cajoling, privilege and neglect that we experience thereafter does nothing more than smooth or wrinkle the surface. How we respond to what happens to us comes from the soul. And that we cannot change.
0: down to a thin grey line which reforms as I try to remove it. I tip the dust out of the window. A breeze blows it back in and redistributes it. I re-sweep and tip it in the bin, but half of it flies up and resettles. I get the vacuum cleaner out. Red light, funny noise, it's full. Emptying it into the toilet, I discover a chunk of wood, which throws up a cloud of black stuff all over me and the floor as I wrench it out. I fetch the mop, leaving a trail of dark footprints.
1: when grass was something you rolled and not what bathed the banks of motorways, when hair length was an ideological statement and not your lifestyle choice. I took a trip, said goodbye to today and went chasing tomorrow, said hello and waved goodbye to many that I would never meet again when the future was yesterday and tomorrow never comes. Then came adulthood and family a year ago i decided to embrace my past relive my glory days revisit all my old places and acquaintances dragging my family with me i want them to understand the importance of meaninglessness
0: Was it really too much to expect of people? Exasperated, she bent to pick up a third plastic bottle from the shoreline. The remains of a pink carrier bag drifted aimlessly about, and she kicked off her flip-flops to swim out for it. She threw it dripping onto the beach alongside the containers. She noticed that an ice cream van had attracted a queue on the prom, and she ran over barefooted for a lolly. But the queue was slow and she returned to the beach just in time to witness her flip-flops accompanying the plastic back out to sea.
1: with my wife, three couples, two teachers, and I'm one of them. One final drink, I suggest, I know somewhere. Normally busy with office workers, the bar's nearly empty tonight. There's music though, cheesy, loud, lights are low, too low, in the corner, a scantily clad woman's gyrating around a pole, Ryan's mum, little Ryan, year five. My class. Uh, Time to go, I hastily suggest to my bemused companions. A tap on my shoulder. We all turn, me slowest. Ryan's mum, scantily clad, little Ryan's mum, beams at me and exclaims loudly, Oh, hello, Mr Hornet! What are you doing here?
0: Helen awoke to the usual sense of dread. It was a working day. She took her pill, put on her dressing gown, ran her bath, a ritual cleansing, and put the kettle to boil for her tea. Everything had to be done exactly the same. There could be no deviation. Only ten hours. Only ten hours before she could return and lock the door, and the evening ritual could begin. She dressed drank her tea, and fought with the nausea as she approached the front door of her flat. She closed her eyes, controlled her breathing, and opened the door.
1: My steps have worn a secret path to your depths. Your cool, deep greens give hope to sunlit glades of wild garlic, celandine, and anemones. Where the choir of birdsong celebrates the dawn of each new spring and summer morning, its pale gold mist descending the arching, aching boughs of copper beech and horse chestnut. Your majestic cathedral-like canopy under which I tread my faithful friend at my heels so small and insignificant in your splendour. We reach the river and kneel to drink from your chalice of clear water, giving thanks to your beauty.
0: She had taken to walking along the beach, collecting pebbles, but today they were all misshapen, scratched or pitted she wanted something smooth and symmetrical they had found one once the perfect pebble that they took from the beach only to abandon it before flying home perhaps she shouldn't have come here without him after all and then among all the gray the white the blue the round and the flat she spotted a pebble about three inches long smooth and white with a curve that neatly fitted the palm of her hand Reassured, her fingers gently closed around it.
1: Nigel opened the bottle of olive oil, poured it liberally over his arms and slowly rubbed it in. He hoped that 1976 would be the first of many rainless, ever hotter summers. He floored his new 3-litre Capri along the newly built Colchester Bypass, and the latest prog rock 12-minute drum solo thumped out from the 8-track cartridge player. Just one more day cutting asbestos cladding sheets for the classroom walls of the new primary school and his week at Warner's holiday camp at Harwich would begin. Life couldn't get much better than this, thought Nigel.
0: thou harold tonight mildred yes mother i like him not you know he's mother he is a viking thou hatest all but thine own folk why goest thou not out with alfred he is good and true alfred is boring he speaketh only of wheat harold singeth merry songs and talketh of other lands If thou weddest Harold, thou wilt be hungry, alone, and without gold. If thou weddest Alfred, thou shalt be happy and wealthy with full belly. Alfred is fat, and he looketh not good. He maketh me sick, and I think he liketh only men.
1: Rogue Rebel fans went a galaxy too far at the Star Wars convention over the weekend, stealing tens of thousands of pounds worth of memorabilia. The gang removed such rare items as Alex Guinness's toupee, original Jabba the Hutt mucus, C-3PO's groin oil, used Stormtrooper codpieces, and Darth Vader bile. Police found one culprit, a 60 year old professional Han Solo lookalike, hiding among a group of fans dressed as Wookiees, sipping Costa coffee. When asked why he did it, he pulled off his mask, revealing a moist green shape, which replied, <coughs> Roughly translated as, We loaned you this. It's a Bill's Big Bag of Onions.
0: Townsend Torreson stood exhausted aside the castle. His comrades scattered about him. His quest from Copenhagen to Colchester was over. For one whole day and no nights, he had strove, strived or striven, he was never sure which, to lead his compatriots to that holiest of places, the Fleece, only to discover it had been smoted, smote, smited, and replaced by the Halifax Building Society. On their odyssey they had conquered several Essex undulations and bested many other obstacles, trials, roadworks, their bounty... Nothing but the taste of bitter disappointment, and no disappointing bitter either to taste a right saga. Well, I
1: heard there was a secret call the day we played and it pleased the Lord But you don't really care for music much Now do you? Well it goes like this The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall
0: And the major lift, And a powerful king it.
1: The altar wine was actually fortified sherry with a real kick, and only I got to drink it. I admit, it got me through each day, shuttling between islands, masses, baptisms, weddings, sleepy sermons about living sober, God-fearing lives in fishing villages across the archipelago. Thirty years I'd been doing it, with a stipend from Rome, bags of wafers and bottles of liquor, Jesus' only representative for 500 miles. Then the tawny-eyed, pear-teethed, teetotal American Protestants arrived, handing out T-shirts and kitchenware, stealing my congregation. So I started offering slugs of altar wine with each wafer to all churchgoers over 18.
0: A warning. In no uncertain terms. Half an hour, then that's it. Nothing. A mad rush follows. Keyboard is frantically tapped. Attempts to put things right. Make contact. Pass on the warnings. Let others know that, well, just let them know. A chance to say hello, maybe. Certainly no time for goodbyes. Hope fades. The clock ticks down. Too soon. It's too late. It goes quiet. Not a word. Sitting, waiting now, unsure what to do. There's nothing to do. The warning was right. Two hours. Bloody internets down. Three Zoom meetings ruined. Takeaway order lost. And I missed most the cricket.
1: The Norder folk were good with knots and half lap joints. Soon they'd reached the leeward shores of Vestustrund, there the women folk mated with the bravest raiders with the biggest boats, and the vestustrund men were driven inland, where they gathered berries and tiny pigs and gazed down on the loamy coastal plains as the Norder folk harvested the bountiful dales, crafted ships, and fished the teeming waters, while their fertile women swelled settlements with the young sailors and farmers they raised. So it was for nigh on ten hundred years, until the Meladians came and struck down everyone with their novel poxes.
0: To be or not to be was Hamlet's soliloquy, mulling over the great question of the day. And four hundred years later, backstage in his dressing room, James was pondering the very same line. While on stage, Gertrude made smouldering eyes at the villainous usurper Claudius. Lucinda had been so magnificent as Gertrude. Her voice was an enchanting melody, her presence was mesmerising. For 27 nights, James had been alert for any smidgen of interest from her, and tonight was the closing night. To be or not to be, James mused for the 28th night, the familiar answer heralding no fresh perspective...
1: Mighty oak, your vista broad and clear, Long span of time you watch o'er hill and glade. Such tales could you impart for all to hear, Of life once lived, of fortune lost and made, Of lover's tryst once spake on moonlit night, Or weary travellers rest neath shaded bower. So much of life did fall within your sight Through winter's bite and gentle summer shower. And yet I will not ask what you espy Through dreaming summer days and winter's squall, I will not ask lest you unwilling lie, For truth to tell, you cannot see f*** all.
0: Steve, I'm meeting this girl from work who's perfect for you. She plays chess, likes drum and bass, and she's nice looking. I told her my handsome flatmate might join us, and she seemed happy about it. I'll leave early when you're hitting it off. She's really into scents, so wear your best one. I'll send a text saying something's come up. I've added some hazelnut essence to his aftershave, so she'll go anaphylactic and he'll be a prime suspect. Then I'll be free of his dreadful music and housework phobia and of her whistling in the office all day.
1: George had had a happy childhood. He and his three siblings had shared one room in their small house, and they had seldom gone hungry during those years. He had done well, better indeed than his brother and sisters, who envied him, he knew that, and now he sat on the small balcony of his apartment on the Costa del Sol with its shared swimming pool and gymnasium and direct access to the shopping mall. So all that he had to do now was to wait for the happiness to come back, which was surely just a matter of time. Woman.
0: My reflection I see change, except in the eyes, a steady, amber speckled gaze on the world. Change is my life's constant hormone cycles, puberty, pregnancy, menopause, simultaneous with political, economic, career, and climate. Children become adults and parents grow old. Grief and laughter, silent rage and open lies, resilience developed empathy felt and wisdom acquired. Friendships stand firm, built on memories, laughter and sorrows shared. Joints stiff, waist less trim. Yoga, Tai Chi and walks with dogs replace tennis, running and Zumba. Opportunities present learning, writing life, approaching serenity, reflection of a woman who can manifest and embrace change.
1: Since the sun was up in morning tide, gigantic light, Glad to shine over Turner Rise, Mammon's candle-bright, eternal retail park, After many bowls of beast's milk and oat, With chosen troops to the day the Saxon close mob Fierce pressed upon the shops, for we had some good coin to spend. Twas black Friday, I wanted a pair of inlaid black buds for mine ears, Once through the gate, we hewed down the dresses and scattered the rear by cudgelling and harrowing other eager shopcomers in the hiney. And now to the harvester to get lushed on crafted ale.
0: A while as dusk falls and hear the call of the fox hunting and the owl hoot. Listen long as the milk moon sends shadows across sheep in the orchard. Husband and wife make merry in the house, ladle mead and eat good game. Clean children yawn and fall asleep, eyelids heavy, their beds a night nest. Dream of tomorrow's laughter in open meadows, poppy strewn with quick games of king and queen. Hide in old oak trees and dawdle along pretty paths. Not for you, the sword of war or the yoke of toil. Laugh long in your young time.
1: She drank her beer, I drank my beer. Don't you like gum? She asked. I like gum well enough, but... I took another sip. This is not good gum. Vivident 45? The flavour is designed to last 45 minutes. She unwrapped a stick, its minty freshness released. How do they know? Do they employ someone to chew it until the flavour goes and time it? I guess so. A professional chewer. And how long does it last? Seventeen minutes, and then it's tasteless. She sipped her beer, I sipped my beer. Let's have intercourse. Okay, but let's make sure it lasts longer than the gum.
0: Bill's Big Bag of
1: Only Onions
0: is a guppy production for Cologne Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience.
1: These onions were written by Ian, Phil, Jenny, Rob, Adrian, a different Ian, John, Angela, Anthony, Sue, Pat, Bill, Petra, Jake and Sophie.